Jeez, Dad, not the car again. Oh, happens all the time with old Betsy. Have you checked out Carvana yet? They have thousands of cars for under $20,000. But do those thousands of cars have personality like old Betsy? Betsy's held together by tape. And there are raccoons living in the engine. It's a family car. Uh, there are flames on the hood? Ah, custom paint job. No, Dad, the car's on fire. How many cars did you say Carvana had? Visit Carvana.com to shop thousands of cars for under $20,000. We'll drive you happy at Carvana. Being better than William is like coming on and being better than Amy Schumer at a comedy show. Do you know what I mean? When Arsenal knocks on the door of players, it's a different knock than other clubs. Maybe we'll have a good surprise for you. That's Vieira! Absolutely fantastic! Thierry Henry! He scored! He scored for Arsenal! It is just what Thierry Emerick Aubameyang does. Gabriel Martinelli has equalised for the Gunners! Welcome back to the Different Knock podcast, episode number 39 with Alexander Moneypenny and my very good friend, Bradley Adams. Hello, sunshine. Hello, gorgeous. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? You said you had a dream about me last night. I did. I did. I um, uh, I had a dream that we went to the football. If only. Not, not specifically the game last night, just that uh, me and you went to the stadium uh and all on all that jazz and uh that's pretty much all i remember but it was um it was a fun a very fun dream that's good because obviously we've not done anything for the last however many weeks yes so it was nice to live vicariously through my subconscious's self yeah your subconscious taunting you saying ha ha <laughs> you can't <laughs> get in stadiums um by the way guys um follow the rules my 20s are disappearing. Please. <laughs> yeah, please do. Please. please. I, tu- I turned 24 in a lockdown. I'm still in the fucking lockdown. I'm five months away from 25. Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. Um, anyway, how are you otherwise, Brad? Yeah, no, pretty good, mate. Pretty good. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> not a lot to report. I'm just, I'm, I'm we're like, it, I think it now just kind of is about just... Keep it going, isn't it? Like, yes. Keeping yourself sane. I'm playing a hell of a lot of FIFA. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I, I, FIFA actually hilariously kind of. I, I spend about sort of half an hour to an hour on FIFA, and then I get this like real sense of ennui, and like this kind of real sense of like fucking hell. I'm. I'm. What I'm not only life? wasting my own life. I'm simulating it. I'm simulating a whole different life that isn't mine. Yeah. <laughs> I have no, this whole crisis where I'm like, It's so hell. meta. I love yeah. it. <laughs> it's so meta. I kind of f- swap between that and just trying to fuck it, like playing different video games or like, yeah. it's gotten to a point now where it doesn't entertain me anymore. So I have to have like a podcast on or TV on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like through headphones or like at the side just so i can feel something yeah it's oh wow (laughs) dark (laughs) it's yeah yeah, that's the beginning of the podcast (laughs) um yeah it's yeah i I, that sort of stuff you you i'm trying to create a rule for myself where i kind of focus on one thing at a time but it's really hard especially like in the kind of in the modern day in the modern day man you know like it is like you, you kind of you know you're playing FIFA and then someone texts you and then you're replying to that and you've they've said listen to this or you're talking to someone. I think like focusing on one thing at a time makes you feel a bit more like you've you've done something. 
I know, like, I think if you're doing those two, like, two, I find doing two things at the same time or three things, you end up like hours pass and you're like, fucking hell. Mm-hmm. I've done nothing of worth. Uh, cheery start to the podcast. <laughs> I know, right? I find myself procrastinating going to sleep. Do you find that? Yep. I, it's I, almost I, like I, will do I just everything. don't want to go to bed. I will do everything. I will clean my room. I will. I will um, feed the next door neighbor's cat. I will do anything to to not go to sleep, mate. It's fucking wear your masks, get the vaccine when you can. Like realistically, realistically, we all know you've put some disgusting shit in your body. Whoever's listening to this, like everyone's done those like four for a fiver shots at Weatherspoons at one point in their life. <laughs> They're worse for you. Yes. Um, okay, well, listen, Brad, apart from existential crises, Arsenal played a football match yesterday. Did we? And, uh, I mean, I had an existential crisis watching uh, Willian, but, you know, it, <laughs> <laughs> we did win 2-0 at the Emirates uh, through to the, is it the fourth round of the FA Cup? Yes. Um, yeah, 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 fourth round. We, uh, Arsenal have won 24 of their past 25 FA Cup third round ties. Did you know that, Brad? With the only exception nice. coming against Nottingham Forest in 2017-18. And that's a fact I knew immediately off the top of my yeah. head. That wasn't, I wasn't really mad. I knew it. I, as soon as you mentioned that, I was like, it's the Nottingham Forest game that we didn't yeah. win. <laughs> I don't remember that. Um, I fucking do. Okay, let's start with um, the lineup. Yes, actually. Why the fuck have I, where's... I'm on. I'm on the wrong. The thing BBC have done a nice little, little um, sort of graphic for us, which is wrong. But you know, that's fine. It's wrong, but that's fine. Um, it was inter- It was an interesting lineup. Martinelli is it? If we're going off the original posted lineup, with obviously Martinelli meant to start. I put out a tweet before I re- uh, before he got injured and Nelson replaced, saying, "Why isn't Nelson starting?" Because uh, uh, look, at the end of the day, like. I know this may sound spoiled and stupid as an Arsenal fan, but we don't need to win silverware this year. It would it would it be would, nice, would, but it, it would be nice. It would paper over the cracks. But it's it was it's been less than you know. My best mate from home is a Spurs fan, uh, and we text a lot just about football and um, about Spurs and about Arsenal. And you know they've not won something in some. Do you have dreams yet. about him too? Always, always. Shout out to George. Oh, okay. um, I don't feel as special anymore. <laughs> uh, we were. Te- it's been like thirteen or fourteen years, or something stupid, since Spurs last won a trophy. Like, it's been less than twelve months. I would prefer. But wasn't it like the Audi Cup or something? Oh, I know no. they won the. They won the, the, they won the, the Carabao Carling Cup. They won the Carling they? Cup, which is now the fucking Carabao Cup or whatever it is. Um, so going, to, I would prefer to have played people like Balogun or Enketia, to have played Nelson, to have played Maitland-Niles instead of Kieran Tierney. Like, all of the... There are there were a lot of big, big people who have played a hell of a lot of minutes in the starting lineup, And I think that it, sh- it, it showed how much of a mistake it was in the Martinelli injury. Now, I texted you quite pissed off about it last night. I've calmed down a little bit. But I do think it screams... That's why we're recording in the mornings. <laughs> yes. I do think it screams of inexperience. Do you know what I mean? As in, like, he's just come back off a nine-month injury. He's played four games in a row. And you know that that boy runs like a dog on heat, like fucking sprints. And we've decided to play him against the Newcastle team in the third round of the FA Cup. 
It just yeah. it, it didn't make sense. It, it as in the lineup to me doesn't make sense. It just seems like a perfect opportunity to give a run out to certain people, like your Pepe's who haven't played for a while, like your Williams, like you know Willock, Maitland Niles, Balogun, or Enketia, or any of these other random people. You know Chambers isn't back in the lineup yet. It was a good move to yeah. get Suarez and Louise back in the lineup, but there's a lot of strange a... choices. There's yes. a lot of strange yeah, choices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like Cedric, okay, fine, over, over Bellerin. But then why didn't we see Maitland-Niles for Tierney? That's another 120 minutes in Tierney's legs, which he didn't. He just didn't need. Didn't need uh, to you know, play. He, obviously, li- 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 listen, no, we've got a fucking player on our hands in Tierney. We'll, t- we'll come to him a bit later on. But Oh, unbelievable. You know, in terms of his game time, he has played a lot of football this year. Yeah. Um, and he has, as someone who is a bit injury prone, it's, it's slightly concerning. So... Um, Da- yeah, David Luiz, I would have liked to have seen Chambers. You know, David Luiz is leaving um, in the summer. You know, I think he should be essentially emergency cover. You know, we should be looking to see what, where Chambers is. Maybe he's not ready. I don't know. But again, felt like a slightly strange choice. Mm. Um, again, Willian. It just does nothing. It just, yeah. I mean, it's not. I t- he's the worst Arsenal signing in history. Like, I would take Kim Kallstrom and his broken back over Willian. You, it, he's going that way, certainly. And Aubameyang as well. Like, you know, stick Aubameyang on the bench and, and give Balogun a run out. It, it just seems to, yeah. you know, give him 45 minutes. You know, what's... It's it's it, it's it's tricky because, you know, Newcastle are obviously a Premier League side, but we knew they were going to sit back in that kind of 4-5-1 and they were going to, you know, or 5-4-1 or whatever, whatever you want to call it. They didn't have... Um, who's the bold guy? John Joe Shelby. They didn't have him. They didn't have Callum Wilson. I just thought it might have been a day to to go ahead and and, and stick a Balogun up there and see what happens yeah. because what are we going to learn from Aubameyang up top and Inketia on the bench? You know, it, mm. it, it just feels strange. Uh, just slight Newcastle tangent. could feel hard done by as well because that yeah. save from Leno on Andy Carroll is brilliant, yeah. top class, and it's top it's, class. it's the it's the save, but then the reaction to push it and grab it again, unreal. Yeah. Top Shout class. out to world class, but top class. Top class. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's slightly strange. And I would have liked to have seen maybe, you know, an Aziz, on a Cottrell, yeah, someone. You know, it just, oh. I think Arteta is very, um, and, and this quite comes back to what you were saying earlier about the, um, the, the, like the cup runs and stuff. It's like, if we don't win the cup this year, if we went out of the third or fourth round, no one's going to care. Like re- this year, you know, considering the form we've been in and the situation we find ourselves in and the squad situation we find ourselves yeah. in, I appreciate it takes away opportunities. But if you're not going to use those opportunities to play those young players, there's no point. What's the point? So, it, you know, I don't, it just puts more football in their legs. It would be like an impact injury. Everyone would be pissed off. It would sting for the first day. The fact that, oh, we got knocked out of the FA Cup, but then no one a week later would give a shit because no. we are focused on the turning around of the club's fortunes in other ways. And we're focusing on how to move forward in the league. You know, we're, we're currently, God, fuck knows where, probably like tw- 12th again. Um, But, you know, ask, to, ask any yeah. Arsenal fan, they want to win the Europa c- compared to the FA Cup. Yeah, compared to the FA Cup, we want to do well in the Europa. And compared to the Europa, we would prefer to be pushing back up in the league, especially in a league that I sent you a graphic um, where I think it's like if you if you just consider how many teams are joint on points. I, and this this might have been from a non-updated table because I think we've had games since. But there's like from teams like first 
to, I think it's like 10th or 11th, there are only like four points totals or something stupid. Like there's like a joint first, a joint second, a joint third and a joint fourth. And that goes all the way down to like fucking 10th. Like this is one of the most open leagues there's been in a long time. If we did January well and put a run together, there is no reason why we can't at least put some fucking pressure on for top four this season. Mate, this is the thing. And and this is why it's so strange because that lineup felt like a go and win the game kind of lineup rather than than we're focusing on the league. And the thing is, it's, it's difficult because, you know, I get it, but like you know, even even someone on the bench might have indicated that okay, he's going to he's he's indicating that you know if we if we if we lose this, it's not the end of the world. It felt like hey, if we lose this, this is a real problem kind of game. Just looking at the table now, Liverpool and Man United tied on thirty three, Leicester just one behind in thirty two. Then you've got four teams tied on twenty nine. Then you've got uh, one, two, three, three teams tied on twenty six, and then us on twenty three. So you know it's. We may be eleventh, but in terms of actual, in terms in terms of points totals that we're behind, i.e., like twenty six, twenty nine, thirty two, and thirty three. Three results could change this season. Yeah. You think if Southampton drop off the pace a little, and obviously there are things like Tottenham have got a game in hand, Man City have got two games in hand, Everton have got a game in hand, Villa have got two games. All of these things, mm. but right now, if you just equalise, like if it's it's it it is easy to see like an eventuality where if we put a strong run of form together we can start climbing the table for sure but we don't need some of our best and most important players like martinelli or if teeny got injured or if you know mari i think has been pretty much a revelation since yeah, com- been coming fantastic. back he's been brilliant okay he's a bit s- slow on the turn but he's not he's not the rolls royce of defenders that's going to start every single game but, but he cost us what, you, you know, four million pounds so far, something like that. And you just you need those players. Liverpool, for example, Joel Matip is not Virgil Van Dijk. Joel Matip is just a very amicable, passable centre back. But because they've got players like Van Dijk and they've got a better passable centre back yeah. in Gomez, in my opinion, it and doesn't a structure matter. around him and a structure exactly, around him. exactly. And it, yeah, it does just seem silly hmm. to have yeah. started such a as in I wouldn't I didn't mind playing William I thought you know at the end of the day we're not if if we're not selling him in January we're not we're, we're stuck with him till the summer so we might as well use him as a utility man in this in these types of games just to fill a yeah. spot but look he's just fucking terrible yeah, I, I don't want to spend too much longer on the, on the lineup, but you know, Willian, you know, it's not the end of the world him starting. It just feels like a bit of an odd choice considering, you know, you know, Enketia, Smith Rowe, a young a young player might have come in. I, I you know, I don't know. But the yeah, it, it just I, I mean, I I I sort of want to bleep Willian's name out, do you know what I mean? It's it's just becoming it's yeah. becoming we need we need to get rid of the him. guy. Listen, Ace, ASAP. We'll we'll come on to him in the game, but the guy he's had two two he's had two shots on target his entire Arsenal career. Yeah, I, I also he's played something like one thousand eight hundred. I think I think I saw the stat. It's, he's played one thousand eight hundred and five minutes or something fucking stupid like that. This this also might be bullshit because it's Twitter and bullshit stats always fly around on Twitter. And he's had two shots on target. Listen, you know he he's on a big contract. Uh, he's lost his place in the team. 
I don't mind him as you know an off the bench option. I think you know in the in the Europa League he might be decent for us at points, but he's not going. To, he's not going to be anywhere near the level we expected of him. No, clearly, I think Arteta's losing patience. Uh, to be honest, I think the the timing of his substitution, quite an early substitution for for, for an Arteta for an Arteta substitution. Mm-hmm. Um, so and same with I think he's losing patience with a lot of those a lot of those players, but we'll um. We'll come on to them. Okay, uh, so the actual game itself, uh, obviously Martinelli was out. Yeah, I'm not as offended, but I agree he maybe he shouldn't have started. I don't know. It, that could the thing is that I just think it was that silly. could have happened. It was just silly. Uh, yeah, that could have happened in a league game, but as in, should he have been but starting? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We could, you know, we could yeah. have won every game in, in in November and December and be first in the table, but we're not. Like, if my yeah. grandmother had wheels, she would be a bike. <laughs> Good old Gino de Campo, but do you know what I, I mean? Is in... Oh, mate, he's uh, what's he? Is it family fucking fortunes that he hosts now? God, he hosts know. a game show he's or something so stupid, and he's. I just see his. My nan watches it, and I just see his face, and he's fucking brilliant. But um, he's so brilliant. Yeah, it, it, as in, it, it, okay, yeah, it could have happened in a league game, which then we would be more forgiving about. But it didn't. It happened in an FA Cup tie that doesn't really matter. So and some strange like. One quote I saw that was, it looks bad, it, you know, it's worse than we feared kind of thing. And then one quote that says he might be all right. So I don't know. We'll have to wait and see on that. But um, yeah, he's going to have to go for scans yeah, and we'll, whatever. We'll see. Um, but yeah, also it's, you know, I think especially early on in Martinelli's career, and I hope this doesn't continue as he kind of builds up the muscle and builds up the strength and all that sort of stuff. He is someone who will chase down every single ball, and he will turn sharply and have those kinds of inj- injuries a lot. I think, and I'm of I'm course, just hoping he course. learns to conserve that energy and use it in the right way, which is part of maturing. Part part of, part of maturing as a footballer. I think it is also once you've. It depends where the injury is kind of localized. If it's the same injury in the same place, or even a different injury in the same place, it's a knock on effect. Because once you've like. I don't know. I can't remember exactly what he did. It wasn't his ACL, was it? So once you snap your ACL and it's repaired, that's that tendon is no longer going to be as strong as it once was. You're likely to injure it again. And this is the thing. It's not like he's been back from that. He was out for like, what, nine, ten months? It's not like he's been back from that injury for a long time. He's been back for four games and he's played at least... 65 minutes in three of those four games so it's yeah and I can, they I, are i mean they are aware of that because he did start two games and then arteta left him out and said it's too much for him yeah but then the problem the problem is is is, is you know i'm i'm not i'm not absolving the club of responsibility there's maybe something that could have been done but th- if you look at how it was done it's martinelli chasing down a ball ridiculously in a warm-up and the guy, you know, when they ask him, are you okay to play? He's going, yes, 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 I can play. Now, that's naivety on the club's part, mm-hmm. just listening to a 19-year-old going, yeah, yeah, I can play, I can play, because of course he's going to want to play. But equally, when you have someone that talented who says they want to play, who looks fine... Of course, of course. No, no, you no. You understand why they make the decision. If this is a cup final, or if this is the game that... The final game of the season that wins us the league, or even just gets us into the top four, and he gets injured in the warm-up because of the same scenario... You don't mind as much because you can at least understand the logic that the game is important and it th- though there's always risk. There is always risk. Tierney, Abamyang, Pepe, 
any of those players could have slipped and snapped an Achilles or slipped and snapped an ACL in the warm-up last night. Just one wrong slip and that's it. I'm not saying that that's the problem. What I'm saying is, is it happened for something that isn't important, for something that's almost like needless and wantless, yeah, which yeah. is why it... it like why it, why it annoyed me last night and screamed of the inexperience because inexperience. We, we know his history we know he's just been injured and and we know that he has just come back so it just I, it was just an it was just silly to risk him especially because he has been so important for us yeah yeah uh, i'm gonna move on before this becomes the gabriel martinelli podcast yeah which some chelsea fans would enjoy apparently love you love um, you gabby <laughs> yeah chelsea love him don't they obsessed uh, oh, Kante slipped! Kante slipped! Fuck off, you fucking dweeb. Uh, okay, so we started off a uh, nice clear four-two-three-one. Um, really simple. Yeah, um, you know mm-hmm. we were sitting in a nice sort of shape. It was a bit, a bit of a cagey start. Um, Pepe looked great down that right-hand side. You know, lively in terms of yeah, in terms of one-on-one. I think he got clear quite early, and and he had some nice moments. He he is a bit predictable, trying to cut in on that left. I did, I've written in my notes, there's no one more exciting running a player in our team than Pepe, you know, and this is Agreed. the thing. And, and, and I had a, a thought about him during the game. Not a dream, Brad, calm down. Um, essentially, this is really, this is really strange thing to say, but can Pepe be our Solskjaer? Uh, yes. Yeah. A very overpriced Impact um, substitution. Solskjaer. Or like rotation but option. Pepe, but Pepe to me, I wouldn't mind seeing him because he 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 ostensibly can play anywhere across the front three, right? Mm-hmm. He is very good off that right-hand side, but I've seen him be decent off that left-hand side at times. It's, it's, it's his weaker side. But there's a part of me going, what's, what's the problem in having a clearly very, very talented player who is trying to prove himself. I understand, like, as in as in the idea that he's wasting away on the bench. If he starts every FA Cup game, every Carabao Cup game, every Europa League game, comes off the bench in the Premier League, that's 20 or so appearances, depending oh, on how God, far yeah. you get, tw- depending on how far you get in the, in the, um, in the competitions. And, you know, we've seen in the FA Cup, he was the man of the match in the FA Cup final. He's a mm-hmm. he's a he's a big game player in many many respects. I don't mind the idea of sticking it out with Pepe for another year, another season, and just giving him those games because I think I think he might feel the pressure is off a little bit because the league for I think he is someone who, when the sun's shining, Pepe's out, and when the when the what's the opposite of the sun's shining when the rain is falling when the sun isn't yeah. shining. Uh, yeah. Pepe's indoors having a cup of tea. Like I think yeah, he's, no, he's I someone. You. Say stick him in on that in that West Brom game with all the snow. I don't think Pepe is interested, and that's fine. That's the way he's built, and that's not good necessarily. But I don't mind having him as a kind of option uh, to make an impact and be our kind of Solskjaer kind of character. I, I think he, you know, because I think when I kind of forget about him a little bit. Yeah. Here's my issue with that, though. We paid in seventy-two million pounds. <laughs> yeah, and also I think he's got the talent to, in the right system, be a first-team player, and we've seen that. We saw that at Lille, you know, putting up nearly, what forty goal contributions in a season. And I know it's the French league, 
but there will be a club that thinks that they can get the best out of Nicola Pep if we're only ever going to use him as this Solskjaer option. Because I think now, right wing is Sackers until he loses it. That slot in the Premier League is Sackers. He starts every game there. That's that. I don't, I don't want to hear nothing about it. I don't care that we paid £72 million for Pepe. I don't care that Brazilians on £9 million every six months or whatever the fuck he is and he gets to drive around in his, his Lambos with his, you know, I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit how much we're paying other people. That that spot is Sackers. That's it. So you have to kind of make a decision about, again, it's squad management and asset management. Mm. And Pepe has the talent to go somewhere else in the right system and really perform. So if we can get the right club interested uh, by playing him in these FA Cup games, in these Europa League games, and giving him a few starts and a few bench mm. appearances in the league, shop and we window. get, say, a, a, yeah, shop window him and get, say, a 40, 45 million pound offer for him. Okay, you take the 35 million pound, you take the, I think we paid, so we paid 72. So we're losing 30 million quid, basically. Like, you take the thirty million pound loss and you move on on a player that could still garner you that amount of money if they perform well. So uh, that would be my. I, I agree with you. I think he has absolutely got the talent to be either a Solskjaer type type player for us because we're not currently playing to his strengths, or a first team first name on the team sheet for for another for another squad either in the Premier League in the yeah. French League I'm in just, the Bundesliga. Yeah. I just, I just think that it, again, it's it's having such a strong asset on the bench that yeah, that's where you you want players that cost you five, ten million quid, not your club record signing. And so I think that if that is the case, which I I do I do think is time is very fast coming up at the club because Saka is dominating on that right wing. He's phenomenal. He's exactly what we need for the style of football that we're playing. Then you've got a player like Nelson, who at the moment, you know, he favours his right, but we're playing him out on the left. So having him as that second-hand option on the right, Willian as a floating utility man across the kind of, not the front three, but that kind of middle three in the right wing. Across the building site, yeah, yeah. It does just seem like, and I think it's a real shame because I do think he's a very talented player. I think that right system, right time, right manager, he could explode and we could realise we've made a massive mistake in never playing to his strengths. But it is just too much money and too much talent to only ever be coming on in the 75th minute to try and score a winner. Yeah, I, I guess what I'm what I'm doing is I'm trying to find him a role within this setup. We've signed a coach who... Within didn't... this setup for now, yes, I agree, 100%. We've signed a coach who doesn't want to play him We've seen two previous coaches in Unai Emery and Freddie Lundberg who weren't that interested. So, you know, it feels it feels as though this player not if we're apportioning blame here, it feels as though with three coaches with quite different systems, all three of them. Well, Lundberg's not crazy different to Arteta, but the with three different personnel making the choices, they're choosing, they're saying that his talent and his ability doesn't paper over the cracks. That's what they're saying. So they're saying that that this guy, you know, and I don't want to have the the, the kind of meta Pepe conversation again. I'm just sort of bringing up like a, a, a possible solution, right? Yeah. 
I, I I agree with the, the previous comments about you know sort of putting him in the shop window and 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 what I suggested I think is a good shout for where he is because he clearly doesn't work in what Arteta is trying to play. So we have to accept that that is where we are. We're we're in a situation where we have a player who we've spent a lot of money on, who we've spent a lot of wages on as well, who is eating into a lot of our finances and funding and our and our playtime for our players. And we say, okay, what do we do with this guy who's who's got you know three or four years left on his deal? How do we extract the most amount of value both on the football pitch and off the football pitch from this from this player who we have to accept at the moment doesn't fit into our test system? Mm-hmm. If if at some point he he has some kind of tactical explosion and our tester goes, oh my god, this is the player I want to build the team around. Great, but we have to assume at the moment that this is a guy who Arteta doesn't want to build around, doesn't see the future with, doesn't particularly like, doesn't particularly favour, because he's proving it. He's not playing him in these games. He's not playing him in important league games. He's playing Bukayo Saka. He's playing Willian over him. Yeah. He's, you know, I can't remember a game recently where where it was, you know, we were crying out for a bit of attacking flair and Willian came on. I think it might have been the last game or something. Maybe the Brighton game. Anyway, the... Mm, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, No, no, no. The, I'm just trying to find him a role. And I think, you know... I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I think that that's right. Like, it is difficult. And I think that it Arteta Arteta's tenure is the only tenure you can judge Nicola Pepe by, in my opinion. Because Unai Emery, already prejudiced against him, didn't want him as a player, wanted Zaha. Has even come out in the press after leaving and saying how heavily he just wanted Zaha. Was not interested in Pepe at all. So that automatically, and you could see that in the fact that Pepe still not started, what, four games in a row? Four league games in a row? And was struggling to get minutes under Emery, even though he's the world, the club record signing and had just come in. So, and then I think Lundberg was in charge for such a short amount of time and wasn't working with the first team as before was working with the under 23s. That again, he comes in, has seen what Pepe's been doing under Emery and just assumes that he's a poor player. Uh, or has a poor attitude because what you took charge of three games you can't really assess a squad and find out what your best system is or your who these guys' strengths are as in you can't tell me you can know to a T what Pepe what Nelson what Tierney what Maori and what Suarez do their do best in three or four games you need a, a long amount of time with the squad to assess strengths and weaknesses but I think Arteta's tenure is the one that you can really judge him by. And that's because that's the tactical style we're going forward with. And he has had a good amount of time to assess whether Pepe is good enough to play that tactical style and whether he has the right attitude to be playing that tactical style. Mm. And at the moment, it doesn't seem like he favours him. So it, for me, it's time to move him on because there's no point letting a £72 million asset depreciate even more than he already has by playing like playing William over him when the fucking world can see that William is a rotter so mm. sends a message yeah I think if we get 30 35 40 45 any a number between 30 and 45 million pounds in the summer it would be smart to accept it take the big financial loss that we're going to take and move on because it's the same with Kepa Chelsea spent 72 or 75 or however much million pounds on Kepa and they've just bought another keeper, Edward Mendy, who, okay, is decent, but again, has hit a very poor run of form and seems to be like, it's better to to to, to, to stop the bleed and then try and like move on from that than to just allow it to just keep slowly trickling out to the point where it's just going to 
we're going to be a year away from Pepe's contract ending and we get a £10 million offer from like CSKA Moscow yeah. and then... Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, f- for sure. I just, you know, I, and again, you know, we should go back to the game, but just, just to kind of finish up on this, it's not about let's blame Pepe, let's blame Arteta. Arteta is trying to, trying to play a system. Pepe doesn't fit in it. We don't know how much he's tried and hasn't tried to to play the game Arteta wants mm-hmm. him to. I think it's probably just literally square peg round hole. Yeah, and and let's let's find him a role or let's move him on. Hmm. Um, so yeah, we started off in a nice <laughs> half an hour into the podcast. Haven't mentioned, <laughs> barely mentioned the game. Um, so yeah, there's not a lot to mention. Yeah, it, it, to be honest, it was it was a bit of a a bit of a slow a slow game. The BBC, I think the BBC yeah. have got a real um, what's the phrase ants in their pants or something around bad games because they seem to get sort of Crystal Palace. I remember in the last season, they, the BBC got a game and it was like Crystal Palace Bournemouth one 0 or something. Um, they don't really get the big games, but they, anyway, uh, no. uh, Gary Lineker was complaining. Um, early on, we got a free kick, and David Luiz was standing over it, and I just thought, oh, "Fuck off, please, please, fuck off." But Willian put it into the wall, so that was fine. Um, <laughs> um, the one thing I thought, like, sort of looking at us in that in that early stage, is we were again. I've said this before. Sometimes we look a little bit like we're chasing the ball, a little bit erratic, and I think what. Yeah. What we miss and you know, what we what we get with players with with kind of technical ability like Gabriel, like Party, like Saka, like ESR, who as Tim Stillman put it, understand the economy of touches and they understand they offer us time and they they, they, mm. they understand their both their positioning and their technical ability brings us gives gives us space. It pulls the space out because they they don't require two or three touches to to bring the ball under their control or to get the ball to where they want it to go. It's one touch, bang, one touch, bang, and we're spreading out the ball nice and well. And then we're getting Newcastle to chase the game. And I did just think we're 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 missing that in this game. I thought Gabriel and Party looked missed, but you know they're back. Hopefully for the Crystal Palace game. Um, yeah, Nelson tucking in in the defensive transition, I thought was was smart just to try and ease off because they've got some decent stuff down that side uh, on the left. Yeah, I just you know it was it was it, it it was a bit of a slow start, and I, I thought this game could go either way. And especially as Andy Carroll's influence grew, I thought, oh please, no, 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 no. Yeah, it just felt like we would lose to a set piece in the 89th minute kind of match. Do you know what I mean? It did. It was starting to concern me. Starting to concern me. Yeah, I just think that we lacked we lacked finesse. There wasn't that one player I felt on the pitch that you need a pass master in every team, and I don't think we really had that on the pitch. Yeah, because I don't think David Luiz is that. Because I think again, it is that question: if he's so erratic and so he's not a measured player, he okay, he's got a good diagonal long ball, but half the time he puts himself under pressure doing it as in like he'll get too close Mm. to an opponent or Mm. and all of these things and I just think that we lacked somebody with and I think that is currently why if party is not playing Xhaka is essential and we saw that when he came on look I've never been Xhaka's biggest fan and I think it is way way past time to move on from the Xhaka era but if we don't have party in the team we need somebody who can actually pass a ball. And, you know, Willock's not it. Elneny's not it. Willian is not it. 
if you think of that, if you think that in the main attacking phases, we're playing almost a 4-3-3 rather than a 4-2-3-1 with Pepe and Nelson acting as wingers, that diamond in midfield, that Willock, Elneny and Willian, lacks quality. Yeah. Majorly really lacks quality. And it, it lacks. And it lacks. That's where we lost it. It lacks touch, and and that's that's. The, I think the reason we looked so kind of erratic and and running, you know, being pulled out of position, you know, a better team. Mm-hmm. You know, as I said, you know, we we stuck Nelson on that left hand side to kind of deal with basically their only attacking threat, which is Almiron. Newcastle are not a good team. I've watched my housemates a Newcastle fan. I've watched quite a lot of them. They sit back there. They're, they're, they're to be, they have very little attacking threat. Um, they only really look good when Jolinton goes in behind Wilson because he's got a bit of decent build-up and Wilson can run off him, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. They're not a good team, but we looked shaky and we looked we looked like we were being run off the ball because Willock, yeah. Willock, you know, Elneny's fine, but Willock certainly and and Willian, and especially when Aubameyang drops deep, again, his touch, those three players, their touch is not good enough. And it's it's such a simple thing for a footballer, and it's so. But you know, you watch, uh, watch Foden, watch Wijnaldum, watch fuck it, Mate, watch Ronaldo. It's a throwback, but watch Ronaldinho. The way that Ronaldinho used to control a ball with a single touch, it was honestly. I think um, I didn't watch a lot of him growing up, obviously, because of how old I am. But the bits that I did watch was probably my favorite player growing up. Yeah, and unbelievable. It, it's, obviously, it's obviously technically impressive, but what it what it does in the game is it means you can manipulate the space. You can you can yeah. you can use you know you get a ball and instead of taking just that extra half second where that player knows your touch isn't that good, so they can touch you, they're going to sit off you slightly. You've got a bit more time to pick out a pass. You don't have to play it sideways. Watch mm-hmm. that first sort of 20, 30 minutes, and you're looking at a team without much quality. You know, Willock is is yeah. losing the ball is and it's not only giving it away it's that ability to be a step ahead as the ball's coming to you and know you have the technical mm-hmm. quality to bring the ball under your control and play it off it sounds so simple but willock isn't doing it i am concerned about his development and he's i think i said this on twitter yesterday he's not cute and clever enough to play at center attacking mid and he's not so physically dominant and good at spraying the ball and with any kind of dynamic passing range that he can play at CM. Yeah. I'm lost with Willock. I really, I really think he should leave. Again, I think it is a time for him to move. Perfect, perfect time for him would be to go to a championship club now that's going to get, that might get promoted. Yeah. Because Brentford again, might get a chance coming up again in the Premier League, but I just don't, even though we're not there now, we need to be thinking about this squad and building this squad as if we are in the Champions League or at least kind of playing teams or aiming to play those teams. So Willock does not get into any Champions League squad no. ever, does not get in, into the 25-man registration for any Champions League team. Therefore, he is not good enough. Elneny, perfect utility man. But realistically, is there somebody out there better at doing Elneny's job that could also be a utility man? Yes. Willian, horrific player. Move him the fuck on. Admit that we made a mistake. And, you know, um, um, if, we ca- if, we are, if we are looking to get Buendia through the door and it looks like a deal that could get done for, say, part exchange and, you know, we lose Willock. Okay, we lose a, an academy graduate. Price, but price at the end of the day, for every... I've, I'm seeing a lot of people also cry about Balogun. Balogun's done nothing. 
He scored for the under-23s. Francis Jeffers, all right, was the fucking under-23s England, like, joint top scorer uh, before Enketia broke the record and then was fucking shit. For every Serge Gnabry that we lose uh, and for every, you know, Donyon Mallon, who's playing quite well at PSV at the moment, there is a Chris Willock who went to Benfica. There is a lot of these graduates that leave, go to other decent clubs and then never do anything. Like, we can't be offering these players ridiculous bumper deals. Like, mm. uh, you t- you sent me a tweet of, like, fucking Lee Gunner saying we should give Balogun 100k a week. He hasn't done anything. <laughs> like, there is no point being bullied over a contract for a man who, at the moment, just isn't, hasn't performed to a level that shows that he deserves it. And that, uh, it's just, it, it is time to move Willock on. He's had a long time in it's, the... It's time to go! Sorry. Um, you know, we've we've given him a lot of time and he's he's been a member of the first team squad for two two years now, maybe three. 44 appearances last year. Last 44 season. appearances last season, even if they're off the bench. he's He's played a lot of football. He has not shown the required technical level to play either of the... Because t- he's not going to play out wide. He's not going to play... He's not good enough to kind of... He's not shown that he's good enough. Whether we let him go now and he shows he's good enough at another club, fine, fine. Shit happens. But he's not shown that he's good enough. His best trait is arriving late in the box. But you can't get by in professional football at the Champions League level on one trait. No, no, no. But he might be able to at a fucking West Brom. Yeah. Or a Sheffield United. And, you know, I'm not saying... like. I think that, you know, he seems like a nice guy as well, which is why it's a shame that it's not worked out for him. But at the end of the day, I would rather have 11 absolute wankers on the pitch and be winning Premier Leagues mm. than 11 nice guys on the pitch and be finishing eighth. Yep. And we, we just we just can't have another player taking three, four, five touches every single time they touch the ball. Yeah. Um, the the only sort of attacking intent we appeared to show in the first half, uh, there, was a, there was a few little moments. Louis had a great pick out. Um Alba was a bit unlucky with his, I think it was his left foot and Willian skied it. Uh, no one was passing to Willian, by the way. Literally, you know, I was, I was, I was watching it and even Willock was, we were just going outside and I appreciate it's partly because Willian wasn't picking up any decent positions off the, um, off the DM, but like, mm-hmm. fucking hell, no one was passing to him, even when he was dropping further. Um, they know. They know, mate. Um, <laughs> Tierney looked full of confidence. <laughs> But, you know, it, it, we, we got a bit more of a hold sort of towards it at the end of the second half. But mm-hmm. again, you know, we had no cutting edge in the middle because because of no surprise, because of who we were playing in Willian. And with someone who with such a who can't play on the half turn anymore, a, a pit, supposedly, you know, he used to have that lovely shift from left to right. He used to have that night, like nice sort of technical. And he, he still does. He's. He's a tidy player, but so ineffective. Yeah. And so, you know, doesn't receive the ball on the half turn and look to, to spray it anywhere, do anything. He's just he's just lost. So it's no surprise that we were just putting it down the sides. Uh, and, you know, Newcastle, Andy Carroll was their best centre-back. So, uh, yeah. Um, it's, yeah. Uh, and It's so tough. On the, on the whole Willian thing, uh, again, it's tangenting from the game, but there were some quotes from... Uh, into Kia Jarabshian used to be massively linked to, and who's obviously David Luiz's and William's agents, massively infl- had massive amounts of influence in Inter Milan. And some quotes from Frank de Burr to kind of highlight how bad this situation 
could get if we keep letting Kia get his teeth into the club is we spent a lot of time dealing with politics political issues with agents they took up 50% of the time I had when it should have only really accounted for 10% one player's agent once told me if I'd known you weren't going to play my client I would have never hired you as manager (laughs) and again massive conjecture that every single article that I've read about this and that everyone that says that it's Kia and there is no surprise that when Kia got out of that club, they started to rebuild for the positive. So it just, it's, we need to try and fucking flush the club of Kia clients as much as possible. Yeah. <laughs> we've, we've, we've spoken about this. It's, um, yeah. Yeah. I just, I've, I, this came up, I just thought it was interesting yeah, yeah, no, to say really, because that is fucking mental. It's certainly, certainly a, uh, interesting in the light of how Willian's playing as well. Um, anyway, yeah, uh, Andy Carroll was sort of their Virgil van Dijk in the, in the first half and he became a sort of prime Ebro in the second, did this lovely little overhead sort of, it, it cannoned off someone and almost went in. It was a nice little shot. Um, cheeky. Yeah. I, I, and I thought actually in the sort of beginning of the second half, Pepe, Pepe was looked, looked bright again. He was like our best CDM to be honest. He was like wriggling out of tackles in the middle. He was, he was dropping in, inside to try and pick up the ball because no one was giving it to him. And then it was a brilliant moment where, again, Willian, and I'm sorry to pick him out again, but it is his fault. Um, he wriggled away from, I forget, the Newcastle midfielder, Kraft or something. Is he, he might be a left back. Um, yeah. Um, he wriggles out of that that challenge, gives it to Willian, clear give and go. Willian can't produce the pass. And you're just going, for fuck's sake. Any Any basic, I think it's about the 50th minute, any basic um, CDM. Any, not CDM, sorry, any basic, anywhere on the pit pitch, left back, left wing, right wing, centre mid, could have played that ball mm. and Willian can't do it. And it, it was just the perfect, um, it was the the perfect kind of microcosm. Just encapsulates it, doesn't of, it? Of Willian. Um, and then when Smith Rowe came on for Nelson, interesting, Nelson went off so early. He was clearly sort of given 10 minutes after the break. Um, yeah. I think like Willian, like Willock, not on thin ice, but I think the trust is waning from Arteta's perspective mm-hmm. for Nelson. Um, and then when Smith Rowe came on, there was some nice combinations from Pepe and and Smith Rowe. Um, I, I wrote down, I never thought I'd be pleased to see Xhaka for Willock, but I was, and he got us ticking. Yeah. Uh, you know, as yeah. you said earlier, it's the kind of having that pass master, having someone who, yes, okay, Xhaka's only really got a left foot. Yes, okay, he's really limited. He's slow. He sometimes does really stupid rash things his positioning is not always the best but actually you know when he's when he's on his passing game he is a really useful player because he allows us to circulate the ball out to that left hand side and that's how Tierney kind of got further into the game yeah. but he also you know you know look at that pre assist i know we haven't got there for the for the uh, second half of extra time but you know he is someone who can get the ball going 100% 100% he actually Look, we all know that he's got his deficiencies, but when we're not playing certain players, we need his left foot because he can spot a pass, he can pick a pass. And look, there are moments like the Aubameyang moment where, is it him that doesn't play the through ball last game? I think it's Elneny. Oh, um, I think it might have been Jacob, maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, we all know that there are going to be moments like that with him. But if we're not going to play players like Party who do the job better... 
then we need to play him. And Willock's not good enough at CM. So this is, again, it's just endemic of our poor squad building. But I think Gunnerblog said, you know, until we have a better player than Jacker, we can't move on from him. Like, you know, and, until we have some better yeah, midfielders, of course, until of we course. have someone who can do that job, we can't move on from Jacker. Mm-hmm. And we do have Party, mm-hmm. but, you know, again, he's been out and, you know, you're concerned if Party's out, if we lost if we lost Jacker, who's playing that role and who's getting us taking the midfield, who's a solid central midfield position, the kind of, you know, R. Mm-hmm. Henderson, who is that player for us? Um, and yeah, it's especially in that sort of 4-3-3 with a, with a sitting player. Or two sitting players, it's it's good to have that. I mean, he's all when Tini's on this kind of form, it's almost worth having that Xhaka left hand, uh, you know, left foot just to play him in. To be honest, because you know Tini was offering us so much, yeah. And it was interesting once you know once Saka and Smith Rowe came on, you see you see that technical level to pull the spaces open. You know, you see mm-hmm. their ability to 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 just just faint with the ball and to to receive the ball on in 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 a di- unreal in a different manner. That just opens up space, opens up, um, opens up Newcastle, and we we looked a lot better towards the end of the second half. Um, apart from, <laughs> was it a corner at the very end, and uh, a great save from Leno? Um, I, I hesitate to call it world class just because of my Leno agenda, but um, it was an excellent save from Leno, uh, from 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 yeah. um, from Andy Carroll, which you should, you know, it, Mate, I think it can. Uh, my heart fell out my ass. I was watching it with them. Um, shitting myself. I was watching with my housemates, and one of them said, "Oh, you know what a save from Leno." I was like, it was more of a shit pass, a uh, shit shot from from Andy Carroll, and he and he did, yeah, and he course, disagreed. But, but I was like, you can have both. It was it was a great save, but it was a shit shot. <laughs> like it was straight at him from that position. Uh, like any. Uh, you think if you have a quality striker or even a half decent striker in that scenario, that's in the net. Yeah, surely, surely. That's fucking buried. The amount of space yeah. is unreal yeah. that he's got to slot that home and he puts it right in his reach. Yeah. Great to see VAR doing what it does best. Um, that was a... Yeah, what a fucking stupid decision. Horrendous decision. decision. The, the player screaming, I'll try and remember the The fact name. that he got a yellow as well. Sean Longstaff. stupid. Sean Longstaff. I have to say, pathetic, absolutely yeah. pathetic from Sean Longstaff. He's not; he's barely touched. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's writhing around, screaming, rolls over a couple of times. When you see the yeah, replay, I fucking hate it's it. Absolutely, I hate it. the worst kind of player. The worst. And if I saw an Arsenal player doing that, I'd say that as well. It's not a case. I don't care what who who you play for. That is a disgusting. No, to try and this- get a twenty-year-old player who's a very very talented young guy, to try and get anyone sent off, but to try and get this guy who's just come on, he's doing well, who has not tackled you in the slightest, to get him sent off by rolling around, pulling those theatrics, fuck off. Yeah, I said this about, I said this about um, Neymar in the Champions League final. It doesn't aid your team throwing yourself on the floor half the time. I've watched Bruno Fernandes do it. I've watched him get slightly touched and then he's writhing around on the floor and then the ball comes near to him and he gets up. I've seen Luis Suarez do it. It is scummy behaviour. Just play. If you've been tackled hard and it hurts, or even if you've been tackled hard and it doesn't hurt, you can understand like staying down to like make sure you get the free kick or whatever, but that kind of behaviour is just... It's, again, in my personal opinion... It's simulation, and Sean Longstaff should get a yellow card because it, it is it's it's bullshit. The thing is, it's not even like it's a competitive advantage. There's a moment, of, it's a, the thing a few minutes later. I think where Dwight Gale's in, 
and Cedric doesn't do a great challenge. He's in the box. It's like Cedric and Mari, I think it is. And Cedric sort of gets in front of Gale. It's not a foul, but it could look like one. And Cedric goes down because he doesn't want to make it look like it's a penalty. That okay, that's a competitive advantage. That's something where, okay, I understand why you've done that. I, I sort of get why you've made a decision to yeah. go down there because you're trying to make it. But wh- why has Sean Longstaff done that? You're on like, you're in the middle of, you're like, it's like the halfway line and it's clearly going to extra time. Disgusting. So unprofessional. And I, I was really annoyed at it. I was just so annoyed. And and I think also with the referee, he goes to look at it. It's clearly not a foul, but you can't be seen to go from straight red card on a 20-year-old who's just come on to to nothing so he gives him a yellow card give Sean Longstaff a yellow make a point it's clearly a fucking dive sorry yeah, I calm down <laughs> it is just him it, it, again but the officiating was so poor last night the standard of officiating in this league is fucking horrendous it was it was a really poor decision really poor um okay listen then we went to extra time Jack and nearly scored a worldie oh um, yeah mate fuck me what a strike there were, and then the only real incident in that half was the penalty on, well, potential penalty on Aubameyang. It's a penalty for me, but... Let's put it this way. United would get that pen. Yeah, of course they would. But United get any pen. United get pens after the final whistle. United get pens when Bruno Fernandes tackles himself. United get Byros, Parkers, all of them. Crosses. Do you know Byro was a real man? Real person? Is there someone called Byro who invented the Byro? Mate, that's mental. And did you also know that the retractable pen was invented in 1888? Hey, no, There's your fun fact of that. You didn't know that? Fucking loser. No. Uh, <laughs> loser. Imagine not knowing when the retractable pen was introduced. Absolute loser. Um, second half of the extra time. Um, to be honest, I, th- I always feel about extra time. It kind of just turns into... End-to-end, non-structured. Let's wait for penalties. Let's wait for penalties. Let's try and get a few chances. Just knock it about. No real plan. Uh, but listen, uh, Pepe came off, which I thought was a strange decision, Decision considering we were heading to penalties. But anyway, um, the goal. Smith Rowe's goal. Um, thank God he stayed on because it's a great bit of work from him. In, it's a great bit of work from him because he gets the ball back. Uh, Lacazette. Really strong, holds up his holds up his man. It's what Lacazette can do when he's up for it. Mm. Um, when he's interested, gets a nice ball, lovely knockdown. Smithrow, great, great technique. Throws himself at um, it. Fuck me. Yeah, absolutely brilliant, and 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 he really deserves it. Uh, his question: Would you give Smithrow the number ten shirt next season? No, no. Neither would I. No, because he's just fu- he's played four games for fuck's sake. Neither would I. You have to think of that. There is a reason, right? That since David Beckham, the number seven shirt at United has become synonymous with failure of certain of players. You know, apart from Ronaldo. Oh yeah, since Ronaldo. Sorry, don't know why I said Beckham. That's who I'm talking about. Fucking talking out my arsehole. David Beckham. Um, my mum. No, but as in, as in, literally since that era, since they're most like it's been synonymous with failure of players. Di Maria yeah. didn't have a good time of it. Memphis the pie, all of these players. Yanazai, did Yanazai get it? Yeah, you put. I think so. You put so much pressure, like the number ten, especially when you're going from a world. Whatever your opinion is of Meza Özil, you cannot deny that he is one of the most decorated number tens of all time, and yeah, is yeah. absolutely world renowned for his ability. You know. You're t- you're going from that stature to 
the Croydon Kevin De Bruyne who's played four games. Surely, you know, surely Kevin De Croyder. Kevin De Croydon. Um, you're t- it's it's so much pressure, and also as much as he's played well, he's not earned it yet. He might it, after after another season, he might do, and then fair enough if he performs it out of his skin for the rest of this season and the rest of next season then fair enough give him the number 10 shirt but I think again we were very very quick to give Bakayo Saka the number 7 shirt he'd performed for a but he'd performed for a longer time whole season yeah you know so no I think unless we're going to sign somebody who's going to take up that number say if we sign a Julian Brandt who wants it or um uh, because that can be a thing, as in like that that can be part of negotiations. I want this number to sign or whatever. So if if they want it, then like a brand or a new signing, like a Buendia or whoever, then fair enough, whatever. Yeah. But don't just like there's no need to give it to him yet. Leave it vacant. Yeah, I, th- I think I think it's kind of actually really really microcosmical. Is that a word of actually something that that we kind of you know we we place a lot of stock in players like smith rowe and he's yes okay he's he's a very talented player and he's done very well but he's played four games mm-hmm. and i can i'm kind of seeing all you know shouts of do we you know even we discussed it last episode do we need a, another attacking midfielder and obviously we came to the conclusion that yes we do but it's you know you look at that first half you know yes okay smith rowe came on and he really improved us he he's an excellent player but that's what good players do i saw i think it was gunner on twitter said something like you know Tini looked good at centre back because he's good at football. Like it's not like it's not a crazy thing to say. Smithrow comes on and looks better because he's good at football. So if we get a good footballer, he's going to come on and look good. It's not particularly yeah. hard, you know. Um, you know, you have off games, and especially here and there. when we're so used to dross. Exactly. So, so I think you know Smithrow is is kind of a a, ben- a beneficiary of a really really poor squad, and you know coming on and being better than Willian is like coming on and being better than. A corpse. A corpse. I was, trying, I was gonna say something really inappropriate then, but I shan't say that. Kim Kalstrom on his fucking treatment table. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. It's 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 like coming on. A, it's like coming being better than Willian is like coming on and being better than Amy Schumer at a comedy show. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's not. It's not really a. Not really an achievement. Um. <laughs> oh, I'm glad somebody said it. Yep. Uh. So she steals her stuff, by the way. Um. Oh yeah, all of it. So uh, anyway, yes, I just think, you know, we do need to, we saw how poor we were. If Smithrow gets an injury, we saw how poor we were that first half without anyone connecting the lines. And it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's that horseshoe shape. It's back again, just 10 yards up further up the pitch. Final one then, um, only taken us an hour to get through the game, Brad. Um, just an hour. Aubameyang deserves that. He deserves that goal. It's a great ball from Xhaka. Yeah. Tierney gets his assist, which he's deserved for, you know, weeks. Um well, well, he got one last game, but you know what I mean. He he, des- he deserved that, and and he he played really well all game. Um, and Aubameyang looked really really happy. The players were clearly really buzzed for him, and it's it's just yeah. it's just a really nice way to end off a what could have been a real banana skin of a game. Um, and I'm pleased for Aubameyang, and hopefully that means you know he just hopefully you can calm down now because he was trying some shit in the last game. I was like, what are you doing? He he was just so desperate to put the fucking ball in the net, so. It's it. This will hopefully help him move on, move forward, and get a couple more in the league. Yeah. Anything else on the game, Brad? Uh, nah. Great. Uh, 
So the only other thing we should cover today is uh, all the rumblings around Ozil off to Fenerbahce. There was a strange thing yesterday where he's he has a, a, a charity in his bio called One Unity. Their official account tweeted that Ozil's moved to Fenerbahce. They were supposedly fake, even though that was the account that was in his bio, which is strange. And then his brother this morning confirmed on Instagram that he's moving to Fenerbahce. Listen, it's all but confirmed. Um, yeah, as in everyone is confirming it around him. That one, it wasn't a fake account. It was the one from his Twitter. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, 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 it's difficult. But yeah, listen, I good luck to Ozil. I think it's the best move for all parties involved. Um, gets. I'm sad. I think, you know, we've yeah. had he's our most decorated player of the Emirates era. He's been here for, what, seven, eight years. And um, it's it's a shame that it's ended so acrimoniously and that there couldn't be a send off. Like he deserves, he deserves a testimonial. He deserves, you know, one final match at the end of the season. Um, and you know, it would hopefully be with fans in there to rousing applause because at the end of the day, we had players like Van Persie who never won a trophy at this club. Mm. That never yep. won us trophies. We have we Nasri never won us. A, mm. Meza Özil came in and galvanised Arsenal to the point where we won four FA Cups in five years. Mm. You know that's something to be respected, and the amount of disrespect that he gets is unbelievable. And the way that this ended is disgusting. But it it's good to move on. It is good to move on now. Yes. Yes, indeed. Yeah, I can't. I, that's a really good way of summing, summing it up. Alfie Zayn Mesut. Yeah, it's a really, really good way of summing it up, mate. And I can't say fairer than that. Um, just had a thought. Oh, Erdegaard. Yeah, he's not playing for Madrid. I'd, I'd take him a six month loan with an option to buy. Wouldn't be the worst deal. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, but as I don't, in, I don't think he's not. He's not the kind of player that you. As in, you need to because he's not playing regularly. You need to see whether he would be able to perform. So I, it wouldn't be a smart move to buy him now. So I think if we loaned him in and gave him the gave him the kind of time to 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 show what he could do a lot with kind of rotating him with Smith Rowe, fair enough. And then if there was an option to buy or we purchased in the summer, fine. The only player I really feel comfortable signing on a permanent this January is probably Buendia because he's mm. Premier League proven and he's doing well in the championship. I'm, I'm always a bit wary of signing players who are out of favour and not performing in their league yeah. because yeah. Then I'm like, well, yeah, it's a bit dodgy. can yeah. you perform? Yeah, it's also like Buendia is that right age profile. I think Erdogan's just a little bit too young. Um, he's a little bit too close to Smithrow in terms of... I think yeah. he might be older than you think. Erdogan. Yeah. Oh no, he's twenty two. I thought he was like twenty. Yeah, because he signed when he was like sixteen. So we yeah. think he's been around for a while, but he's actually still quite young. Yeah, but Brendy has got two years on him. All right, Brad. All right, mate. Good pod. A pleasure. Pleasure as always. As always. Me and Brad always finish uh, recording and just go. Good pod that. Good pod. Yeah. So we'll do it now. Good pod that. Good pod, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thanks so much for listening Uh, hope you have a good day stay safe and we'll see you after the Crystal Palace game see you later see you later thank you so much for listening to the Different Knock podcast if you enjoyed that and you want to hear some more please subscribe or follow us on whatever platform you use for a new podcast after every match if you want to support the show check us out on Patreon 
and find us on Twitter at Diffnock. Thanks. Podcast Network.